your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On VGK podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get twenty percent off your next order. Welcome to the Locked On VGK podcast. I am Jack Manning. Uh, I am the new host of the Locked On VGK podcast. Uh, and if you don't know me, let me introduce myself. I am the co-host of the Golden Knights Watch podcast with AJ Alexander. I'm also a writer for DauberProspects.com, and I cover the Vegas Golden Knights beat. Uh, so essentially, I, I try to write about everything related to the Vegas Golden Knights and their prospect pool. And so you'll be hearing a lot more on this podcast about the Golden Knights prospects, of which there are many, some of which are even good. But more than anything, I am a Vegas Golden Knights fan. When the team wins, I feel good. When the team loses, I feel less good. Uh, but I try to make it a point never to get too high, never to get too low, and remember that the whole reason that anyone likes sports, the whole reason we follow sports, is because it's supposed to be fun. And so that's what I'm going to be trying to do with this podcast. I'm going to try to make it fun. And what could be more fun than the Vegas Golden Knights coming back, winning 4-2 to over the Arizona Coyotes in a comeback win, taking it in regulation to be the only undefeated team left in the West? I submit, not much. The Golden Knights had a particularly slow start. In the first two periods, they had combined six shots on net at five on five and a total of 13 at all strengths. Really just not a very impressive performance from the Golden Knights during the first two periods. Uh, And it's a wonder uh, and and a big credit to Robin Leonard that the Golden Knights were still in it by the time they got their act together back in the third period. But the Golden Knights have for at least the last two years, uh, been pretty good at coming back from from deficits. You would think, though, that after after this much time and after Pete DeBoer's been at the helm of the team for this long, that they would be a little bit better at coming out ready to start the game. Uh, but all's well that ends well, I suppose, and it's especially in this season, this shortened season, where they didn't have any preseason games to get up to speed, uh, where they are still trying to find their footing just as much as everyone else, for them to be undefeated three games in, one of four teams that is undefeated, and that includes a uh, Dallas Stars who haven't played any games, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to throw too many stones. And yeah, I hear you all calling out for the pun. I'm not making the pun. I'm not doing it. Ultimately, Max Pacioretty at 17 minutes and change into the second period was able to really put together a pretty impressive individual effort where he buried his own rebound with a bank shot off the back of Darcy Kemper to get the Golden Knights on the board. And so they would head into the third period down 2-1, to one, uh, but that's a position that the Golden Knights, like I say, have been really good at coming back from. Just over four minutes into the third period, the original misfit line, the top line from the Golden Knights' inaugural year, Jonathan Marcheseau, Riley Smith, and William Carlson combined for a beautiful goal that was reminiscent of that first year, where they were battling below the the goal line, 
working the puck around the back of the net. Finally, William Carlson takes the puck behind the net, makes a no-look pass between his legs into the crease where Riley Smith makes a backhand shot right over Darcy Kemper's shoulder for the game-tying goal. And really from that point forward, it felt as if a win in regulation for the Golden Knights was inevitable. And then just shy of the 10-minute mark of the third period, off the faceoff, Zach Whitecloud, the, and let me remind you all, still eligible for the Calder Trophy Rookie of the Year, Zach Whitecloud, banks a shot off the back of Chandler Stevenson into the net, Knights up 3-2, to two, and it was all over from there. Finally, Riley Smith throws in an empty net goal at 19:48, and that was all she wrote. Despite being up 2-0 early, the Desert Dogs leave the game without a single point, and the Vegas Golden Knights are undefeated on the season. But the game was by no means without controversy, uh, if for no other reason than because player that the Vegas Golden Knights seemed to be hitching their wagon to for the foreseeable future, Cody Glass, was benched, not just benched, but sent to the taxi squad, uh, ahead of the night's game in favor of allowing Keegan Colazar to remain in the lineup. Keegan Colazar, who has now played four NHL games and is newly waiver eligible, meaning that he can be claimed on waivers if the Golden Knights were to try to send him to the taxi squad or to the uh, AHL, uh, he was put in the lineup over Cody Glass and Cody Glass, who is waiver exempt, meaning he can be sent up and down without penalty. No one can take him. Cody Glass found himself on the outside looking in. Now, there's a really easy explanation here, and I've already hinted at it. It's that the Golden Knights didn't want to lose Keegan Colazar for absolutely nothing. They likely had some indication that if he were to be placed on waivers that he would get claimed. But as you watch Keegan Colazar play in, uh, in Monday night's matchup, you have to wonder if Keegan Colazar was claimed would it really impact the Knights in the short or the long term? Certainly doesn't seem to be much of an impact player. Probably at best, he's a fourth-line guy, at least for the next couple of years. Uh, and he was noticeably the worst player on the ice for the Golden Knights, uh, really every time he stepped on the ice. Now, I don't want to bash a guy in who's new to the league and trying to break his way in. But if the Golden Knights are committed to winning every game and they are trying to put the best roster on the ice every night that they can, and spoiler alert, they aren't always making that their top priority, uh, but if they're trying to put the best team together every single night, Keegan Colazar on a fully healthy Golden Knights roster is not one of their top 12 forwards. And in fact, Cody Glass is likely one of their top eight forwards, better than Nick Waugh, better than all three of their fourth liners. And so leaving Cody Glass out of the lineup in favor of Keegan Colazar didn't cost them any points, likely wouldn't have cost them the playoffs, even if they had missed getting all, all two points out of this game. However, when you've got a kid who hasn't played much hockey at all in the last year, in fact, has spent nearly a year off the ice uh, and needs to get games and needs to get up to speed as quickly as possible, especially in a shortened season where they're going to need him to be a playoff performer if they're going to go as deep as they should. Maybe you don't sit him if you don't have to. Uh, 
That being said, all's well that ends well. They won the game. One game out of 56 isn't going to make a significant difference for Cody Glass's development. However, you do have to wonder, if this situation goes on much further, what's the breaking point? At what point does Pete DeBoer say, I can't, no, I can't keep rolling Keegan Colazar out there when I've got Cody Glass sitting on the taxi squad ready to contribute. Now, I know Cody Glass hasn't scored anything other than an assist on an empty net goal uh, through two games, but you cannot help but be impressed with his performance so far. Uh, in the last game that he played, the second game against the Ducks, he didn't allow, he and his line mates, Nick Waugh and Alex Tuck didn't allow a single shot attempt against Marc-Andre Fleury the entire time that they were on the ice. In fact, they were virtually perfect doing everything except scoring uh, in regulation or at least at five on five without an empty net, but they still scored. And when you've got a line that does that well defensively and usually the complaint about young skilled forwards is they're not good defensively and clearly Cody Glass is. So that's a guy that I'd want in the lineup more often than not. Now Cody Glass is going to be fine. His his confidence is, is going to be just fine. I'm sure that it was clearly explained to him that he had earned himself a roster spot and this is cap gymnastics just to make sure that they can stay cap compliant. And I would expect him to get back into the lineup sooner rather than later because he is a talented kid and there's a lot of things to look forward to with Cody Glass. He has elite vision. He's probably not the best skater on the team, but he does have a pretty decent shot when he gives himself a chance to use it. And he can be an elite an elite power play contributor. There really is a lot of upside to this kid. And so as long as they give him the time to develop and they give him a clear plan as to how he's going to move from being a third line guy up to being a true top six forward, and they show him that road, everything's gonna work out for Cody Glass. Now in just a minute, I'm gonna give you some fresh off the press uh, updates about a Vegas Golden Knights prospect that I didn't think we were gonna see in North America anytime soon. But first, a message from our sponsor, Built Bar. Uh, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I absolutely love protein bars. Uh, they're quick, easy to, to eat on the go, can replace a meal when you need them to. They have improved the Built Bar and it's even more delicious than it was before. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They've got six new absolutely awesome flavors that I've tried. Uh, the Caramel Brownie is excellent. Cookies and Cream, uh, Cherry Barcia is excellent. Uh, lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp. Uh, but there's also 12 original flavors, including coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange toffee, almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. And each and every one of their bars is covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, easy to chew, and they're healthy. Uh, Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. I know that I use them after working out. Uh, bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, great for the keto diet. Uh, and right now, Built Bar is offering a free cooler with every purchase. This is not going to last for very long. I'll, I will let you know when that stops. But uh, go to BuiltBar.com today and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Uh, again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. 
lockedonvgk.com. Welcome back to the Locked On VGK podcast. I am Jack Manning. And yesterday, the coach of Tractor Chelyabinsk in the KHL announced that the Vegas Golden Knights 2019 third-round pick, Pavel Dorofayev, has terminated his contract in the KHL and intends to explore opportunities in a new league. Now, I want to preface this by saying no one from the Vegas Golden Knights has confirmed that Pavel Dorofayev is, in fact, coming to North America and that he is going to sign with the Vegas Golden Knights, but all signs seem to point to the idea that Pavel Dorofayev, the Vegas Golden Knights' third-round pick, is going to come to North America. He was previously not expected to come to North America until at least April of 2022. So he's gone to great personal expense to terminate his contract. Uh, In the KHL, a player can buy out their own contract. I don't know what the financial terms of this specific buyout would be, but likely cost Pavel Dorofayev quite a bit of money so that he can give himself an opportunity to come to North America to play for the Vegas Golden Knights organization. Now, Dorofayev is an extremely talented winger. This is a kid that is a smooth skater, has a pretty decent slap shot, a really deceptive wrist shot, uh, really, really good hands, uh, but he's not a perfect player. Uh, There's a reason that he's in the second-tier league in Russia. Uh, He only had 17 points in 36 games, uh, but the points that he scored, virtually all of them, uh, are highlight reel level. His ability to to dangle the puck has been compared to Pavel Datsuk. Now, I'm not saying that he will be Pavel Datsuk, but I am saying that there is an extremely, extremely high ceiling for this kid. In in fact, uh, Byron Bader of HockeyProspecting.com has a statistical model that uh, estimates the likelihood of success for prospects. Now, you never want to base your, your outlook purely on a statistical model. However, pa- Pavel Dorofayev has uh, higher than a 25% chance of becoming an NHL star and more than a 56% chance uh, of becoming uh, an NHL regular. Now, that is an extremely good outlook for a kid that was picked up in the third round. Now, that being said, there are things that Dorofayev needs to do to improve his game. Uh, He's got to improve his pace of play. He's used to playing on larger ice. Uh, While the KHL as a whole is moving towards shrinking their ice services from that big Olympic ice that you might remember from from the 90s Olympics, uh, now it's being shrunk down to NHL-sized ice. But Dorofayev has been playing on the big ice, and he needs to improve his pace of play if he's going to to really make an impact at the NHL or even at the AHL level. Uh, But being on that smaller ice is really going to force that. I think it's going to bring out some things in his game that he was never going to develop as long as he was playing in Russia, especially in a place that didn't necessarily have a lot of... uh, a lot of commitment or invested into his future uh, as it's it's not uncommon in the KHL for uh, there to be a lot of politics played with roster decisions and ice time decisions favoring older players and disfavoring younger players especially those who are likely to make the jump 
to, to North America. And I think that's what was happening with, with Pavel Dorofayev. And so this is a really great move for his development. This is going to mean that he's going to have an opportunity to develop with the coaches that want to see him become an NHL player. They don't have any hidden agendas trying to convince him to stay in a country or a league that isn't going to be best for his development and his future as a hockey player. And so it's really exciting that Pavel Dorofayev is coming. But one of the things that I heard immediately as this news was announced is, well, hold on, the Vegas Golden Knights don't do well with Russians. Ha, ha, ha. And we've got to get past this, guys. We've got to get past this idea that the Vegas Golden Knights can't work with Russians. So, yes, Vadim Shipashev came to North America and after three games in the NHL was sent to the AHL for a conditioning stint and to learn to play on the smaller ice, and he bolted home. Well, sure. Was that an ugly situation that was probably poorly managed by the Vegas Golden Knights? No question about it. Uh, did Vadim Shipashev have some uh, attitude issues? Yeah, absolutely. Most international superstars have a bit of an ego. And uh, Vadim Shipashev is still one of the best players in the KHL. And the only thing in his way from becoming an, an impact player in the NHL is himself. Uh, but that being said, what happened with the Russians that followed really weren't bad, bad thing. So you look at Nikita Gusev, and Nikita Gusev signed with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, after having not signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning for six or seven years as they tried to court him to come to North America. And Nikita Gusev comes to North America, signs with the Vegas Golden Knights, doesn't get a single game, and he then gets traded to the New Jersey Devils for a second round pick and a third round pick. Notably, that second round pick could be 32nd or 33rd overall this year, so uh, stay tuned on that. Uh, but Nikita Gusev also got played a huge favor by the Vegas Golden Knights. By burning that first year of his entry-level contract that he was required to sign, uh, Nikita Gusev was able to land $9 million in salary from the from the New Jersey Devils, a number that he was not going to make in his first year on that ELC. And so Nikita Gusev has even said in interviews he doesn't hold any ill will towards the Golden Knights. In fact, he thanks them for setting him up to make $9 bucks this year. And just think what would have happened to Nikita Gusev if he had been trying to negotiate a contract this offseason. Not, not exactly a friendly atmosphere. So Nikita Gusev has nothing but good things to say about the Golden Knights. And then, and of course, there was the incident with Valentin Zikoff taking performing enhancing uh, substances. But it, from all reports, it seems that Zikoff had been taking those performance enhancing substances long before he came uh, to Vegas. Vegas picked that player up on waivers. He was a free claim. He didn't work out and they passed him along. If if anything, Vegas, again, gave a Russian player an opportunity to prove himself. He proved himself not to be up to the standards of the Golden Knights or to the to the league as a whole by taking performance-enhancing drugs, and uh, he moved on. There's nothing in Vegas's history other than an unfortunate incident with Vadim Shipashev to suggest that the Golden Knights can't work with Russians. And that's good news because the Golden Knights have some excellent Russian prospects. In addition to Pavel Dorofayev, Ivan Morozov is 
an outstanding centerman playing for Scott St. Petersburg in Russia. This is a guy that leads all players under the age of 21 in scoring in that league. And he is easily, for me, one of Vegas' top three prospects behind only Peyton Krebs and Brendan Brisson. This is a kid that I think has the ability to become a very good third-line and potentially second-line center in the NHL, and he's already showing that he can play that tough, responsible game uh, that makes him a top-six center for one of the best teams and certainly one of the most popular teams in the entire Continental Hockey League. So the Vegas Golden Knights are going to have Russians in their future, and Pavel Dorofiev is just the first step towards that. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicap expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers and subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Are you ready for some football? Uh, college football heads into bowl season and... Uh, there are some big matchups this weekend. Uh, NFL regular season is finishing up, and the playoff picture is becoming clearer. Uh, and there is only one place that has you covered, and there's one place we trust, betonline.ag. Uh, sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Remember, there are some huge games out there. There's college football, NFL football, all sorts of, of uh, NHL betting action, new games every single night. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action and don't forget to use that promo code locked on. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. Uh, so go ahead, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're going to finish today's show up by talking about the importance of the newly founded Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, but before we get there, the NHL season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Uh, local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. So subscribe to the Locked On NHL podcast wherever you get podcasts. And who knows, maybe you might just hear me on the show one day. Now, the Vegas Golden Knights recently did something for the first time. They had an AHL club that they own begin their very first training camp. And so the Henderson Silver Knights found themselves at training camp at the Lifeguard Arena this week uh, as they get ready for an AHL season that is rapidly approaching. In fact, the San Jose Barracuda, the farm team for the San Jose Sharks, will be playing the Henderson Silver Knights in preseason action as early as January 26th. Uh, that means that's coming up pretty quick. And for the first time, the Vegas Golden Knights have an AHL farm team that is filled with prospects that are, are their property. Uh, from Peyton Krebs, who is not even in a normal year eligible to be in the AHL because he's too young, along with Caden Korzak, who's in the same boat, uh, to Jack Dugan, last year's uh, leading point scorer in the NCAA, Lucas Elvenis, one of the top AHL rookies last year. Uh, both of those guys looking to, to knock their way on to the Vegas Golden Knights, as well as a, a number of really interesting, younger, less on-the-radar prospects. Guys like uh, Paul Cotter, guys like Jake LeCision. These are, are guys that were drafted by the Vegas Golden Knights. And for the first time, the Knights have an organization where all of these guys can play together. 
they were previously uh, affiliated with the Chicago Wolves. And the Chicago Wolves are a, a long-standing AHL franchise that has never been specifically affiliated with one team for a duration of time, has never been owned by a, an NHL team. And so for that reason, they've always maintained some degree of independence. Uh, for example, when they want to sign someone to an AHL-only contract, that's really just up to the sh- to the Chicago Wolves. Here in Henderson, the Vegas Golden Knights have the ability to control from top to bottom, from left to right, every person that is in that organization. Uh, and, and that's really going to be a benefit to them. Not only does this give the Vegas Golden Knights an opportunity to keep a very close eye on their prospects to make sure that they're developing the right way, but this also gives them an opportunity to play some cap gymnastics that they wouldn't otherwise be able to. Uh, With guys like Peyton Krebs, Lucas Elvenis, and Jack Dugan, all three of those guys are knocking on the door of the NHL. Some are are closer than others, but all three of those guys, you could easily see them getting a game this year. But all three of those guys, likewise, need to be getting as many games as they can. Peyton Krebs famously had a horrific skate blade injury just prior to the 2019 draft that left him with a partially severed Achilles tendon. That caused him to miss a big portion of the last season. And so he's only had about 40 games in the last two years. And Peyton Krebs just simply needs to play more games. But if he's sitting on the NHL taxi squad or as the 13th forward for the NHL team, he's never going to get that game action that he needs to develop just that little bit more to make sure that when he finally does make his debut for the Golden Knights, uh, that he's clicking on all cylinders and is, is up to game speed and has the confidence that you would have after playing a, a number of games as a pro. Now, Peyton Krebs did have an outstanding World Juniors performance. Uh, He was tied for second in team scoring for Team Canada, which was, uh, until the Americans upset them, the prohibitive favorite to to win the tournament. Uh, All you heard all day, every day, when uh, when the Canadian team was playing was Ray Ferraro talking about how excellent of a player, how strong the motor of the player Peyton Krebs was, and it showed. Uh, He's a guy that has NHL-level skating, NHL-level defense, uh, is strong on the forecheck, has an awesome shot, just outstanding hockey sense, and has physically developed into a pretty tough tree trunk of a kid. Uh, And so there's a lot to really like about Peyton Krebs, but more than anything, he needs game time to develop. The same is true for Jack Dugan, who has never played a pro game in his life. He's played plenty of NCAA action, about 80 games in total. But before that, he had played uh, one season in the USHL, uh, the American Junior League. Uh, And before that, he was just playing high school prep hockey. So while he's played a lot, he simply hasn't had the opportunity to play with other pro players. And he's not going to get that sitting on the, ta- on the taxi squad. Lucas Elvenis has been waiting on the shelf in Sweden, not playing at all, just practicing 
for the last nine months or so. And all three of these guys, these young players, all of them under the age of 23, looking to make a difference in the NHL, need game time. And so that's why you have those guys sitting on the AHL roster in training camp trying to develop their skills while the guys on the taxi squad are hanging with the NHL team but not getting any game action. And so having these players here locally in Henderson instead of being in Chicago gives the Golden Knights the opportunity to snatch them right from the AHL onto the NHL roster if they think that's the guy that gives them the best chance to win that night. It doesn't matter that they're not sitting on the taxi squad. In fact, it's preferable that they're not sitting on the taxi squad. Guys like Thomas Yurko uh, and, and Carl Dahlstrom, these guys that will sit on the taxi squad for most of the year, Jake Bischoff, these are guys that are not ever likely to be NHL stars, but they've played enough games that the Golden Knights know exactly who they are, exactly what type of players they are, and they're comfortable having them along for the ride, but they aren't particularly worried about their development. And so what you can expect throughout the season is you'll see the guys that the Golden Knights see as part of their future hanging out in the AHL getting game action. And outside of circumstances like Cody Glass that are done for, for cap reasons, the guys that are sitting on the taxi squad are likely you know, your, your foot soldiers, your, your journeyman AHL, NHL tweeners that are just you know, looking to continue their hockey careers and may not necessarily be a huge part of the Vegas Golden Knights future plans. So uh, for that reason, it's really it's a really great thing that the Vegas Golden Knights have their development uh, program here in Nevada, are able to use that program to not only improve their their depth during the course of the season for their NHL team, but they're able to use that group to help their prospects reach that next level, to help those guys go from from promising to promise kept. So we'll be checking in with the AHL team throughout the season, uh, giving you updates on who's doing well, who's struggling, uh, and who might just be the next guy knocking down the door to come play for the Vegas Golden Knights big team. So thanks for joining me for my first episode of the Locked On VGK podcast. Uh, Please like and subscribe leave comments give me as much feedback as you possibly can let me know what you want to hear on the show i'm here to entertain you but i'm also here to entertain me so so if there's something you want to talk about on the show there's something you want me to talk about on the show reach out on twitter at nhl jack manning or leave a comment down below i'll be back monday through friday here for more locked on vgk and i look forward to seeing you in the next episode